You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. They upset the New England Patriots on Super Bowl Sunday, 41-33. to They are not just the defending NFC champions, they are now the defending Super Bowl champions. And I think if you're Packers fans and you watch last night's game, the thing that you have to wonder is if Aaron Rodgers had been healthy, how does this team stack up with the Philadelphia Eagles? And this is something that I have been opposed to doing over the course of the season, in part because I, I don't think it's helpful in the way that you know you, you go through the course of the season and you say, oh, if, if they had been healthy, blah, 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 blah. During the season, it's not helpful. I think now in retrospect, we can go and be honest and objective about whether or not this Packers team was really good enough to compete And I think the only argument that you can make that the Packers had a chance to beat a team like the Eagles is Aaron Rodgers. And you build a team around Aaron Rodgers, and if he goes down, you're SOL. I mean, I told the Peyton Manning anecdote a couple weeks ago. We don't practice screwed, right? And so, obviously, the Eagles were in a different position because they had a backup quarterback who could play snaps, could step into this offense seamlessly. The Packers didn't have that. And and one of the reasons, and, and I can't emphasize this enough, that offense that Brett Hundley ran outside of that Minnesota game is not the offense that the Packers would have run with Aaron Rodgers. It was not executed the way that Aaron Rodgers would execute it. And part of that is he can't do the same things pre-snap. He can't do the same things improvisationally. He can't do the same things escaping the pocket and buying time and doing all the things that Aaron Rodgers does that makes him the the most skilled quarterback that's ever laced up cleats. The Doug Peterson offense, the Carson Wentz offense, Doug Peterson and, and John DeFilippo and Frank Reich and all the guys, the architects of that offense deserve so much credit for what Carson Wentz did this season in putting together a near-MVP caliber season. If he plays 16 games, he's the MVP, and there's no question about it. It clearly it clearly made Carson Wentz better because they could put Nick Foles in it. Again, again, this is a guy who has played serious NFL snaps, who put together one of the most efficient seasons in NFL history with Chip Kelly in, in not the same offense, but an offense with some similar con- concepts The RPO is a big part of the Chip Kelly offense. It's a big part of the Doug Peterson offense. It works, okay? And the Packers, I said it with Brett Hundley, they could do it with with Aaron Rodgers. With with Brett Hundley, it was more about incorporating some of the spread concepts in terms of option and RPO. 
allowing the quarterback to hand the ball, throw the ball, or take off. Or in some cases, just hand the ball or run the ball. But they certainly could incorporate some of these concepts with Aaron Rodgers. And you hope with Joe Philbin that they're able to update this offense in a way that that makes it better. But the Packers, if they have Nick Foles, they're not in this position. They're not in the position that the Eagles are. And the number one reason is the defense wasn't good enough. They don't have the kind of field-tilting front four. They don't have the depth with pass rushers to get after the quarterback the same way the Eagles do. They don't have a guy as talented and as versatile as Malcolm Jenkins. Now, the, the Eagles do not have a great secondary. They don't have great corners. Ronald Darby came back from injury, and the defense did not get significantly better. And Tom Brady threw for 500-plus yards on this defense. So could that could that have been Aaron Rodgers? Could he have put up 30-plus points in an NFC title game or a divisional game? Absolutely. There's no question. But they'd have had to win a game outscoring the Eagles. That was, that was the Tom Brady method. The, Eagle, the, the Patriots had a bad defense. And they tried to outscore the Eagles. And they almost did it. They didn't punt. The Patriots didn't punt and lost. When, when Aaron Rodgers says, I think we need to get back to playing championship-level defense, that is what you have to look at with the Eagles. They are a much better defense than Green Bay. You hope the arrival of Mike Pettin can improve the defensive play. You hope that Brian Gutekinds can go out and, and add some talent to the draft, potentially through free agency, and raise this defense's level of play. They don't have to be a top eight, a top six defense to win a Super Bowl next year. They don't. They can be a top 15 defense and and compete to win a Super Bowl. And that is, if you look at the Patriots, by DVOA, they, they were not a top 10 defense in either of their last two Super Bowl titles. You go back to the original three, the dynasty run, they were elite defenses then. When they won in 2014 and when they won in 2016, those were not elite defenses. They were just above average. They were fine. They were okay defenses, and they did enough to win. In fact, the, the one last year was, was bad at times. Now, so if you're the Packers, you look at this and you say, well, if we have Aaron Rodgers, we absolutely can go beat the Eagles in a game, in one game, even in Philly. They absolutely should believe that because it's absolutely true. They could get no better, and they could have gone and taken this team with Rodgers into Philadelphia and won a game. Would it have been a high probability? Would the Eagles have been seven-point favorites? Probably. No, not with Nick Foles. They would have been favorites at home against Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, probably, because the Packers' defense is what it is. I don't think Green Bay should think that they are that much further away from the Eagles because the Eagles won. I told you on this podcast I thought the Eagles had a great chance to win. I wussed out on picking them. But I told you I would take the points. Not only did they cover, but they won outright. This season was up for the taking, and the Packers got unlucky that Aaron Rodgers was not there to take it. This team is not as talented as the Eagles. The Eagles were the best team in football. They were the most talented team in football. And they had a better roster than Green Bay. They deserved to win this Super Bowl. But could the Packers have won with Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely yes. 
Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value, and it gets you access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks. I know all of that data is now for last season, but you can get it for next season. They have a ton of draft content. It is all there for you behind the paywall. You can get behind that paywall if you add your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast and win our contest. The logical follow-up question is, could the Packers have beaten this Patriots team? And I guess if you if you apply the transitive property, which is not how sports works, but if the Packers were good enough to beat the Eagles, you have to believe they would have been good enough to beat the Patriots in a one-game scenario, and, and absolutely they would have been. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if, if Nick Foles can put up 41 points, 375 yards, three touchdowns, the Patriots didn't get any pressure on Foles, then they absolutely could have won this game. They could have put up 40 points on this Patriots team. We saw Deshaun Watson take apart this Patriots team. We saw Cam Newton take apart this Patriots team at home. So this defense was vulnerable. It played better in the second half. But I think the thing that stands out for me when watching this game is, yes, Tom Brady threw for 500 yards and three touchdowns. But when... The Eagles needed a play on defense. Brandon Graham made it. Who makes that play for the Green Bay Packers in 2017? In 2018, maybe the answer is Kenny Clark. Maybe the answer is Blake Martinez. Maybe the answer is a healthy Nick Perry. Maybe the answer is Vince Beagle. Maybe the answer is first round draft pick A. We don't know. I don't know that there's someone on the Packers defense who could have made that play. The Packers turned the tide in the Super Bowl in 2010 on the famous it is time, the Clay Matthews play, the forced fumble. Who is the guy on this Packers team that's going to make that play? Every year, someone has to come up with a defensive play or four or five over the course of the season, the stretch run, whatever it is. Someone has to come up with that clutch defensive play. In the NFC title game, Chris Long created a pressure that turned into an interception for Patrick Robinson that turned into a pick six. Those are the little things that you have to be able to do, and the Packers' defense last year wasn't good enough to do it. Could the Packers have beaten the Patriots? Absolutely, because they could have scored, 40, they could have scored 41 points and, and not allowed the Patriots to punt. I mean, that was absolutely on the table. They could outscore the Patriots because they have Aaron Rodgers. The answer to could the Packers beat Team X is always, 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 always yes. But they have to get to that point. And then they have to do it. And the defense has consistently let them down. And and this is why there's an interesting question that comes out of this game. Malcolm Butler didn't play. He played on special teams, but he didn't play defensive snaps. And no one could give us a good reason why that was. Bill Belichick said the best football players played. It was a football decision. Matt Patricia said it was uh, a personnel packaging thing where they just couldn't get everyone on the field. Nick Foles took this Patriots defense apart, a Patriots defense that was bad for most of the season. And they take a starting corner off the field and just say, you're not going to play. This is like the old Dave Chappelle skit when keeping it real goes wrong. Bill Belichick wants to win a certain type of way. And because he has Tom Brady, 
He has the luxury of doing that. He can jettison Chandler Jones, who, by the way, got Defensive Player of the Year votes. He can jettison Jamie Collins. He can say Malcolm Butler before the year, we're going to trade you maybe. We're going to shop you. And he can sit him in big moments and Tom Brady can bail him out because that is that is as good a coach as Belichick is and that is as great a player as Tom Brady is. Bill Belichick cut off his nose to spite his face here. I'm going to sit one of my best defensive players, one of my only consistent defensive players over the last few years because whatever. Whether it's an attitude thing, whether it's a schematic thing, we've seen Malcolm Butler play at a high level. We've seen him made huge plays in big games. He won them a Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady is is 4-4 four and four in Super Bowls, if not for Malcolm Butler. And at the time, he would have been 3-4. and four. The Patriots would have lost three straight Super Bowls in terms of a Super Bowl streak, in terms of going to the Super Bowl and either winning or losing. That would have been three that they would have lost, not in a row per se, because they're not, they didn't go every year, but three trips in 11, in 14, in 2007, they would have lost all those games, if not for Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is only 26, and he's going to be a free agent this offseason. The fact that Bill Belichick decided in the biggest game he couldn't play, to me, says more about Belichick than Butler. To me, this says Bill Belichick would rather lose with guys that he trusts and guys that he likes than win another way. He wants it to be his way. And we don't know if it's a trust thing, if it's an attitude thing, if it's an assignment thing, whatever it is. Bill Belichick not playing Malcolm Butler is not proof that he's not a good player or not proof that he's unreliable. Bill Belichick lately has been willing to say, if you're not going to fall in line, I'm going to I'm going to give you the boot. And then those players have gone on to have success. Jamie Collins is, is not an all-pro suddenly. He is still a very solid player. Chandler Jones is an all-pro. They could have used Chandler Jones getting pressure on Nick Foles. They could have used Jamie Collins covering Corey Clement down the field. They lost this game in part because Bill Belichick only wants to play a certain kind of player. Now, his ability to be adaptive in all of those things over the course of his career is what has made him great. It is the mark of his greatness. The fact that he was able to win a Super Bowl after getting rid of Jones and Collins is a mark in his favor. But the point that I tried to make over and over to Patriots fans was the short term it worked, in the long term it's going to screw you. Because you still need talent and you still need players. And the Patriots could have won this game if they had more talent. They didn't, and so they lost. I say all of this as a way of saying, yes, absolutely, Malcolm Butler is worth looking into as a free agent this offseason. And not because the Patriots signed Stephon Gilmore, who, by the way, was outstanding in the Super Bowl against Alshon Jeffrey. Malcolm Butler, again, only 26, absolutely has something to prove. You have a great cornerback coach in Joe Witt. He's now the the passing game coordinator, but he is a former cornerbacks coach. And you have a proven track record there of getting the most out of your guys. He's a veteran. He has played at a high level. In 2015 and 2016, he was playing at an ascending level. People were talking about him as one of the best five corners in football. In 2016, he was. He was a great player in 2016. Passer rating when targeted, under 80, top 15 in terms of cover snaps allowed per reception. He's an excellent 
young player. And after the game, he was asked straight up, what happened? And he said, they gave up on me. Now, we don't, we don't have any more context at this point. What that means, why that was, what happened. But he is absolutely a player the Packers should kick the tires on and if, if necessary, sign. You slide him in this defense with King, with Randall, you've got a secondary. That is a top three. That is a hell of a top three. And then you can weather an injury. Butler can play outside. Butler can play in the slot. Randall can play outside. He can play in the slot. You don't want Kevin King in the slot necessarily, but it gives you more flexibility. And wouldn't a guy like Butler, who has been in a system where all they do is win, love to go to an NFC team with a great quarterback to play for a defensive coach that he knows is really good and have a chance to go beat the Patriots in a Super Bowl? Wouldn't he love that opportunity? Now, does it mean he'd be willing to take less? Probably not. I'm not saying you have to go and give him the Stephon Gilmore godfather offer, but maybe it won't take that. Maybe his value has lessened because of these issues. Maybe teams will be hesitant to pull the trigger on a player like Malcolm Butler because they'll say, well, if Bill Belichick couldn't make it work with him, why could we? Well, look at the track record. The Cardinals made it work with Chandler Jones. The Browns made it work with Jamie Collins. It took a little bit of time, but the Titans made it work with Logan Ryan. Just because Bill Belichick said you can walk doesn't mean they're bad players. The last thing I want to talk about is more comments that came out over the weekend with Aaron Rodgers. And this is, you know, we're not quite into silly season with the draft, but some of the Rodgers stuff lately has been silly. And I want to be clear about what I think is going on. And and there has been a little bit of hysteria. And frankly, there have been some misleading, reckless, irresponsible headlines when it comes to some of the things that Rodgers has said. Technically, it is true that Rodgers said he would leave Green Bay. That is true. But what he said was specifically that he wants to play into his 40s and he understands that may not happen in Green Bay because, quote, I think you have to be humble enough to realize if it could happen to Brett, it can happen to you, end quote. Let me be crystal clear about this. Aaron Rodgers knows what he is saying down to every syllable every time he opens his mouth and speaks to the media. This is a guy who records his media appearances and listens back to them, and when he sees himself quoted, wants to make sure he's quoted correctly. If you write a feature on Aaron Rodgers, he will record the interview to make sure he's to make sure he's quoted accurately, okay? He knows what he is saying. If it can happen to Brett. That was not an accidental word choice. When Aaron Rodgers assumed the starting job in 2008, it was because the Packers decided to move on from Brett Favre. They were sick of the will he won't he. They had decided Aaron Rodgers was their guy, and they said, "Okay, Brett, you want to keep playing, you're out the door." This was Aaron's way of saying, if you want to move on from me, at whatever point that is, that's fine. But if I want to keep playing, I will. And there's, there, it's not shade, but there is a message to Green Bay. And that is, yes, I'm loyal. Yes, I want to be here. But I understand if you don't want me here, I'll go somewhere else. It is not a shot across the bow by any means. 
It's more like a it's more like a little pinch on the arm. Just like a hey, you know what? If you're not going to if you're not going to appreciate me, if you don't want me here, I'm out. And I'm cool with that. I'm going to keep playing. But it's not if you don't pay me the biggest contract in NFL history, I'm out. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying I want to walk. He's not saying I want to if you don't get me XYZ, I'm out. I'm if if we don't compete for championships every year, if we don't win another Super Bowl, I'm out. No, Aaron Rodgers wants to win more Super Bowls. Everyone knows that. Everyone wants that. A headline that says Rodgers wants to win more Super Bowls, willing to leave Green Bay to get it, is just stating what everyone already knows. Every NFL player wants to win more Super Bowls. Tom Brady has won five. He wanted to win number six. Aaron Rodgers has won one. He'd like to win two, three, four, five. Of course he would. And if he has to leave Green Bay to do it, and Green Bay doesn't want him there, then he'll go do that. That that is not a scary idea. It is not a radical idea. It is a normal, everyday, pro sports phenomenon. If a team says, we don't want you anymore, and the player wants to keep playing, they're going to go play. He's not saying anything that we don't already know. And he's not insisting on anything. Now, Adam Schefter also reported on Sunday that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers had worked or started working toward a new deal. That it was not expected to be done until closer to the season, but they did expect it to be done. It would make him the highest paid quarterback in the league, which by extension would make him the highest paid player in the league and would make him the highest paid player in league history. Given the deal that Alex Smith just got and that Kirk Cousins is going to get, it's going to be for a lot of money, but that's fine. The Packers have the money. The cap has gone up every year. It continues to go up. It has exploded over the last five years. It's going to continue to go up. Maybe not forever, but in the short term. The Packers don't have to worry about Aaron Rodgers wanting out. The idea that he should be traded, I know there was, I I tweeted about it. Randall Cobb liked an Instagram post that Stephen A. Smith said that Aaron Rodgers should demand a trade. Look, I was just having fun. And, uh, you know, sometimes players like things as a joke on Instagram. It's all, you're you're just scrolling and you double click, whatever. It It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Rodgers is under contract. There's not much he can do. Players in the NFL have very little leverage. This is not the NBA. And Rodgers is not going to throw a hissy fit and demand that he leaves town. He's going to get paid in a serious way. And he's going to be here in Green Bay for as long as he wants. And as long as the Packers want him. And you assume as long as the Packers want him will be the same time frame that as long as Rodgers wants it to be. The Packers haven't given him reason to be disloyal. And the, the Van Pelt thing is is not a big enough deal. At least not yet. Before we go, I want, I want to give a special shout out to Jerry Kramer, who finally, 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 finally makes the Pro Football Hall of Fame so well-deserved. I know that a lot of people have worked really hard at, at trying to explain why he should be in. It's a joke that it's lasted this long that he hasn't been in. So congratulations to him. I don't I, I don't have a lot to add just because, I you know, I think... Everything that that needs to be said has been said. I'm just glad that this day has finally come. We will have more content this week. Tuesday, that's tomorrow. Thursday, that's a couple days from now. We're going to continue to go through the Packers roster. At Acme Packing Company, we're going through the the free agent outlook. So we've been through some of the positions. There's more to come. We will go through free agents that are out there that are on other teams right now. But as I said, we're going through right now and looking at the players that 
are on the Packers that could be free agents and, and what could happen with them. Um, those are those are things that we will continue to do as we move forward in the offseason. And there's going to be a lot more to talk about. We're going to get some people on to talk draft very soon. I think first we'll talk about free agency, so we'll take some some more looks back in terms of this roster and, and what to expect, how they might attack moving forward in free agency and the draft, and then we'll get into players, talking about who could be free agent targets, who could be draft targets, because the combine is, is right around the corner. It really is. So a lot more to talk about, a lot more to discuss. I think it, it, is, it is prudent that we talk about the Alex Smith trade, the Kirk Cousins deal, all of those things, the, the, the looming Jimmy Garoppolo contract, all of those things have far-reaching impacts on everyone in the NFC, including the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to talk about all of that and a lot more, which means you need to stay locked on Packers.